Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stupid, the only podcast, I think, that's out there that's reading the Bible cover to cover with this idiot running the, uh, the show. Uh, and of course, I've never read the Bible, so here we are. We're gonna figure this shit out as we go. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, if you like this particular podcast, you can always leave a review at Apple Podcasts and uh, share it with your friends on any sort of social medias. And of course, you can find us on the social medias uh, on the face place as well as the Twitter at Accord to Stupid. And if you want to send a direct email to us going like, fuck you and whatever, uh, you can do that with uh, according to stupid at gmail.com. And all of this, of course, can be found uh, right in the show notes. Hi, guys. Uh, we're getting back to being regular, I suppose. Uh, not regular in the bowel sense, but in the regular of me posting at least once a week. Um, and hopefully later this year, I will hopefully have be doing things behind the microphone uh, full time. So you'll be hearing a lot more from me, which would be pretty fucking rad. Um, okay, so we're going to start off. I don't have any crazy sort of news. Dog's getting bigger and better and... What not with days and months that go by. Next month he next month he gets neutered, so that'll be fun. But uh yeah, it's kind of the biggest news. Yeah. So, um, moving right along to the things we start off with to find out who's really listening into the good word these days. And we're gonna do the top countries that are listening in. Right now we have the top five countries. So proving that it is uh an international podcast, which makes me feel really, you know, warm and fuzzy on the inside. At number five, we have Italy. At number four, we have Jordan. At number three, we have Spain, uh, holding strong for the past couple of weeks. Uh, at number two, Australia and numero uno, I think has been always that way, the U.S. of A., but not by a terrible much. Um, and now, finally, for the top cities. And if you like hearing your top city uh, on this particular podcast, tell your friends, have them listen, because if you all listen, uh, you get to hear your your particular town a lot higher up than uh, than wherever. Then, of course, send a line, and we'll probably have a little chitty chat. So, at number 10, we have Eagle, Idaho, right down the road. We have 9, Ashburn, Virginia. We have Amman, Jordan, at number 8. Brunswick, Australia, at number 7. Springfield, uh Montana, Missouri, I'm not sure. Uh, number six, uh, Wichita, Kansas, number five, Rogersville, um, Montana, <laughs> at number four, uh, Centerville, uh, Maryland, at number three, Boise, Idaho, hi, at number two, and numero uno, with I think it's first time ever being numero uno, is Worcester, 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 uh, Maryland, Ma no, not M.A., Ma Ma Mass Massachusetts? Ah, cool. Welcome. Um, all right, gang, so what the hell happened last time? From the sounds of things, it's always been, for the last couple of chapters, it's been very much like, hey, don't get a king, but you told us to get a king. But I, you know, if you didn't get a king, uh, you should probably... Um, and it sounds like they finally did put uh, Saul into being very kingly, and even that just kind of just backfired into someone's face. And everybody's face, for that matter. Um, so we look over last time. Everybody seemed to be giving him uh, peeps the bird. Um, and uh, as long as you follow some of the rules after, you should be pretty good to go. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, who is just ripping through dudes, the Philistines, with it sounds like nothing but his good buddy and himself, which is pretty cool, you know. Um, <laughs> hopefully that sort of shit continues. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, for right now, huh? No one's listened to twenty. Has no one listened to twenty-two? That's weird. Uh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong sort of update. I don't know. Sorry, looking at back at things. So that's kind of where we're at. We do have a king, uh, and things seem to work out pretty a-okay. Uh, I think Saul lived for a long-ass time, but it seems like uh, Samuel's getting the big burn for this of being like, hey, fuck you, but also thanks for doing your job. I, I, I've been tied into knots, and I really want to know why it is the way it is. You know? Anyway. Um... So let's start. We are on Samuel chapter 16. Everybody turn your pages and books and whatnot to kingjamesbibleonline.org. That's what we're using, as well as biblehub.com to find out any sort of knowledge that we absolutely need to know. Um, that's where we're at. Right, everybody ready? Everybody comfy, cozy, whether in your car or otherwise? Uh, Samuel chapter 16. Here we go. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Eh, rejected? You kind of... Didn't you? Wait, no. He pointed him in the right direction, right? He's like, find that one. That one? Yeah. Okay, we'll make him king. No, 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 no. Uh, fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Huh. <laughs> uh, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Okay. Hopefully this doesn't backfire again, as with the last one. But all right, Samuel seems like a really good servant to God, but... This hippity-hoppyingness seems really shitty. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer uh, with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Fair enough. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will shew thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. Okay. Still doesn't really answer the question of like, Oh, hey, you should be king next. It's still kind of... Because as far as I know, Saul or the people filling the void of Saul are gonna fucking murder him. And Samuel did which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? Because before it wasn't very peaceably. Um, and he said peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. Hopefully just to watch and not be the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come, uh, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Well, that's actually a pretty good one. Samuel 16.7, not bad. Uh, just being like, you look into the heart of shit. But also, didn't we look in the heart of Saul? Just saying. Then Jesse called uh, Abinadab <laughs> and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. What a shitty, like, little cattle call this has become for, like, this one random-ass dude's sons. Being like, all right, you know, uh, am I the Lord's chosen? No. Fuck, dude. Me? Not even me? And what if, like, one of these kids just so happened to be, you know, putting his entire life to this, and it's probably eventually going to be this David fellow. But what if these, like, other kids were a bit more holier than the David that we're about to do? I mean, we don't know. We assume he's not, they're not, but maybe they've been doing a lot of good work, and God's like, fuck no, fuck no, yeah. Uh, Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. 
Again Jesse made several of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. Eh, well, fuck you. And Samuel said unto Jesse, uh, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, I told you to bring me all your motherfucking sons. And eh, it worked out. But send and fetch him, for he will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look at. Okay. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Boy, what a kid, being like, oh, I just was told to plow the south forty and take care of these sheep, or was it the other way around? Um, you know, I, alright, cool. Also, I wonder how old this kid was. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Cool. And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Neat. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Uh, wait a sec. So the Spirit of the Lord departed, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. That sounds like it's a weirdly phrased sort of deal. Um, we're going to go to Bible Hub, just to be totally sure of this particular thing. Uh, and this is 1614, uh, to be sure. Now, it sounds to me like the Lord's Spirit left, and now something else took over. Um, come on, loady load. Uh, let's see, 1614. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Why? Why, 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 why? Yeah, it's all an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. All right, now we're into this weird hole now that not all good things come from the gods, or a this particular god, but then again, we've seen him rain down fire from the skies and locusts and just m straight up murder his own servants for just the fucking sake of it. And now, now, we have him possessing, it seems, because if a spirit can leave and a spirit come back, sounds a lot like possession to me, and he was able to put, like, an evil spirit into this poor, poor boy. This poor Saul fellow, who seems to be just kind of following orders just the same way Samuel does. But, you know, what am I to do? Um, let our Lord now command thy sir. Hold on, I think. Oh. Uh, and Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from the Lord troubleth thee. Why? Oh, God put an evil spirit in him. Hmm. I'm starting to fall even further from grace on this one. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. Okay. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Oh, okay. So it's a way of um, soothing this particular gent. Um, and Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Um, I guess Saul isn't dead. Thought he died. Didn't. Uh, then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. How did they know? All they know is Jesse was the one who was able to play the harp, and they were like, Bring the youngest. And Jesse took an ass, <laughs> laden with bread, and a bottle of wine, and a kid, and sent them by David his son unto Saul. So he sent David to deal with Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Easy, fun job. 
probably build some muscle. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight, in evil sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hands, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Magic harp. Well, all right. So far, David is a man of many talents, uh, it seems to me, which also sounds like eventually we're going to get into Davy and Goliath here at some magical uh, point. I don't know when, but might happen soon. Anywho, moving right along. Oh, it's, you know, I'm cheated. I got to see a picture. This actually might have worked out well this way. So we're going to an action-packed episode this time. Samuel chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokok, uh, Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pinched between Shoko and uh, Azka in Ephesh uh, Damim. Cool. And then Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Allah and sent the battle in array against the Philistines. So we're having another fight. Which I thought we wiped out most of the Philistines, but apparently they just keep fucking coming. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Nice place to set up camp. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, uh, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. What the fuck was a cubit again? Let's find the fuck out. Dear Siri, what in the fuck is a cubit? Uh... What is a cubit? Here's some information. Oh, well, you probably could have read that aloud, man. Uh, a cubit is an ancient thing, length, different cultures, you know, definitions range between 444 to 529.2 millimeters. Okay. All right. Uh, let's just say it was... Uh, 444, four, four, right? He's on the small end. So we can, um, uh, we can kind of do that sort of thing. Um, uh, millimeters to feet. Here we go. Okay, so millimeters to feet. We have 444, one cubit is about a foot and a half. Okay. So. Six cubits, so six times one and almost a half, so about seven feet tall, and a span. All right, I don't know what a span is, but maybe the Bible, the other Bible hub will tell us if we just look hard enough. Um, let's see. Maybe it'll tell us. I don't know. Philistine, six cubits and span, span, span. Here we go. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. Okay, so my math was a bit off, but he was about almost ten feet tall. Huge motherfucker. Um, okay, good to know. Uh, you see, he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. Um, all right, well, shekels was like a coin. So imagine 5,000, like, I don't know, couple of grams of it. You know, that's pretty heavy, I guess. I wonder if it has a weight in here. Uh, nine feet, t- so it does. Look at that. Uh, 
wore a bronze helmet and bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. So, oof, Jesus. So we have the mountain. Um, you have gre and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. Okay. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. All right. And the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. Uh, and one bearing a shield went before him. Well, let's look at the thing, because it's probably going to tell us. The spear weighed 15 fucking pounds. In addition, the shield bearer was walking in front of him. Neat. I don't think spears usually weigh that much, but it seems to me that that spear was supposed to be stupidly heavy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you have a guy who's that big swinging that thing that fast, that hard, that strongly. Probably doesn't matter who's in front of you and whatever the fuck he's wearing. So, okay, um, and he stood and cried out the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you, Why you come out and set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? And yet, and his servants to Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. All right, so they're doing the whole, like, come down to me and I'll fuck you up something. Uh, if you be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and I kill him, then ye shall be our servants and serve us. So they're pulling a, you know, beginning of Troy kind of thing. Which, you know, if you got a huge guy like that, why would you not do it like kind of that? You might even get a good time out of that, but it's kind of hard to go like, well, you know, he was kind of speaking for himself. But whatever, whatever. Uh, and the Philistines said, uh, uh, and the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man and we may fight, that we may fight together. All right, cool. Then Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that uh, Ephrathite of Judah, Bethlehem Judah whose name was Jesse. Okay, that was a long way to just go like, he was the son of Jesse, remember? And he had eight sons. Who, David or Jesse? Uh, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. Okay, so Jesse's old as shit. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons uh, that went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and the next unto him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. And David was the youngest, for the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. But wasn't he Saul's armor-bearer? I don't know if they let him leave, but yeah, fuck it. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And he's like, come on, fucking fight. And Jesse, <clears throat> and Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah uh, of this parched corn. Okay, and these ten loaves, okay, and run to the camp to thy brethren. Okay, take some food over there, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Uh, they're getting fed, they're probably going to be fine. Now Saul and they, uh, and all the men of Israel, were in the valley of Allah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning, and left the sheep with a keeper, who probably should have been there yesterday, uh, and took and went as Jesse had committed him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Hey, motherfuckers! 
For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. Ah, so he's like in a trench and he's going like, you guys fucking hungry? As people are just like murdering each other left and right. Pretty fucking epic, I guess. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. Oh, good, I <laughs> hope. And ran into the army. Uh-oh. And came and saluted his brethren. Neat. Uh, and as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, uh, when they saw the man, fled from him, uh, and were sore afraid. No shit, he's nine feet tall and has a 15-pound spear that he's just fucking wielding around like crazy times. But I'm betting David doesn't give two fucks about this nine-foot sons of bitch. And uh, the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. That's an interesting sentence, <laughs> right? Free in Israel? Weren't they already free? Hmm. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, always with the uncircumcising, uh, that he should defy the armies of the living God? The living God, yes. The angry, very confusing, and just smite-trigger-smite-worthy, smite I don't know, God. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Okay, I'm assuming good shit. And Eliab, the eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride, and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightst see the battle. Yes. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? I have a lot of food for you, and it'd be a real shame if you fucking starve. But oh, wait, I brought food. And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, which I'm really not too sure what the fuck he's saying, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. Okay. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. My servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I'll go! So he's going to go and fucking do this shit. And Saul's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, fucking... And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth, and you are a shepherd. Right, armor boy? And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Wait, David killed a lion and a bear? <laughs> Holy shit. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Well, okay, that answers that question. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Why didn't he lead with this? David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, oh, and out of the paw of the bear, oh, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. God, I hope so. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. I mean, you hear about some kid who just myrtleized a lion and a bear? He's probably going to be fine. 
And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail, being like, you be sure to stay alive a little bit. And David girded his sword with his arm upon his armor, and he arrayed to go, for he had not proved it. Okay. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. You motherfucker! And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of his bro- out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in the scrip. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Hey, fucker, I don't have nothing on me but these rocks and a sling. And the Philistine came out and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went out before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. So, you know, I don't know. Young kid. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? That thou, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? Uh, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Fair enough. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. I'm going to leave you for carrion and shit. And then uh, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Kind of badass. And then uh, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. So far, David's proving his fucking metal. Uh, this day will the Lord deliver thee unto mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I mean, to be fair, in this little world of like, holy shit, pretty bold words coming from a kid who boasts about killing a lion and a bear, but, you know, I kind of believe him. But then again, we have this nine-foot-tall dude who's probably killed a bunch of motherfuckers, and, you know, (laughs) proof is in the pudding, I guess. Let's see what happens. And all this assembled shalt know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I hope, because it's kind of a 50-50 chance, man, because sometimes he just doesn't give two shits. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came to Drew nigh to meet David, and David hast it, and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So he flung that little thing, that little stone, hard enough that it breached his helmet, and embedded itself into his frontal lobe. And just, it is brass, so I mean, there is some protection, but not a whole lot, especially if it's a, you know, pointy stone, I suppose. So David prevailed over the Philistine uh, with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him a second time and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. No shit, because this kid just whabang. Don't have a sing. <laughs> Pretty fucking metal. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and uh, to the gates of Ekron. Uh, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Shakisharim. Even unto Gath and unto Ekron. Cool. 
And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put his armor in his tent. Oh, but he put his armor in his tent. Cool, it's probably very heavy. Uh, And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Oh, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, uh, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou son the stripling is. So go find the fuck out. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of the servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. It was a good time. So, hey, man, we got a, like a, you know, one of those big Bible stories. Uh, in this particular one. It was a very lengthy one, and uh, pretty fucking cool. I can see why everybody makes a big old story and deal out of it. Um, That's where we're going to cut it today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Please let us know what you think on the Twitter sphere at according to stupid at gmail uh, at according at accord to stupid. Uh, send an email to according to stupid at gmail.com. And of course, if you like this episode, and I hope you do, uh, Please leave a review. Preferably five stars, but, you know, be honest. God's watching. Um, But if you can, that'd be fantastic. Share and share a like. Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you've been gospel to by the stupid.